Welcome back to Pod TST. I am Kenneth Arthur, writer at Turf Show Times, and this is a podcast of sorts. It's just me talking, and if that sounds at all, uh, I would say, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Repulsive to you, uh, or just what a terrible way to live for the next 30 minutes. Maybe not the show for you. Uh, perhaps you're reading this article and you saw that there was a link to listen to what I had to say about running backs. And hey, if you've clicked already, you're regretting it because I haven't said anything for the first 40 seconds other than why are you listening to this? But what it is, is I'm going to just like last week, I was talking about quarterbacks and why I think that the quarterback position is overrated. Today, I want to go to running backs, another controversial one. These are on two opposite sides of the spectrum, even though they play right next to each other. These are the two positions that are eligible, really, for MVP. The only real two positions that are eligible for Heisman. This is supposed to be the two, you would think the way people talk about it, the two big positions in the NFL. A lot of that predicated on the fact that, you know, in the... Uh, 40s and 50s and 60s before the real explosion of the forward pass running backs were seen as the stars and oftentimes uh, even took top billing over the quarterback and you know we remember those guys oftentimes on their teams and we still talk about them like OJ Simpson or Walter Payton you know or and you could say oh look it's the Bears Walter Payton not Jim McMahon you could say these things about teams at the time Perhaps we almost came close to saying it last year with Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans and Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, if the Titans had won two more games, I think uh, Derrick Henry would be a very interesting uh, topic that people would be discussing. He already is interesting, I suppose, as I am uh, talking about running backs and him right now. But we don't as often talk about, yeah, the teams that win the Super Bowls because of their running backs. And maybe that's true. Maybe that's accurate. It's interesting, though, just the dichotomy um, that I see between the way we talk about running backs in terms of game day and who is, you know, the most important player or key player to a certain team versus when it comes down to paying a running back or drafting a running back uh, or when a running back threatens to hold out like Dalvin Cook is, you know, right now and many others have in the past and many more will until perhaps something is settled. But there's just that very big distance and gap between the way people talk about running backs in certain situations versus the way that they talk about how running backs, quote, don't matter, and uh, that no matter who you are, you can be flipped out for someone else, and it'll be all good for that offense and that team. And maybe, and maybe there is truth to that, too. Maybe that is all the way true. What I try to usually focus on uh is what is what can we prove what's empirical not not what narratives are being forced upon us and i think the narrative on running backs being forced upon us which is that they have almost no value uh absent of the uh the the contradiction that that comes out of certain people's mouths over and over again when they talk about oh uh, look how great ezekiel elliott or saquon barkley or derrick henry or christian mccaffrey or alvin kamara or dalvin cook or josh jacobs or nick chubb or joe mixon uh and previously todd Gurley and so on and so on are, are so exciting and good and blah 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 but all those players if it comes down to with or without you uh the the a lot of fans say yeah without you not the money, you know, 
not for these guys, but then you do have certain exceptions, of course, and it always, whenever it's nice to fit into a nice little box, uh, is when Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey sign an extension and you can say like, oh yeah, well they're special or whatever. Or maybe some will say, obviously some will say, um, no, they don't deserve that. Uh, I would rather have that money spent on Dak Prescott. I would rather have that uh, money spent on, well, you know, the Titans did sign Ryan Tannehill, and I don't know if anyone was necessarily wanting that money spent, but I would say that the answer might just be in the middle. The running backs are, A, not the most important and not up for MVP, but also, B, not the least important. And not the guys that uh, belong to be paid as much as, say, your kicker or your punter uh, and and sort of thrown around as guys that can be um, switched out for at any possible moment. But then maybe they are. I just think that based on the narrative that running backs don't matter, they have to be underrated uh, in my estimation, is that it just seems like if they're the least, you know, just like how quarterbacks if they're the most highest and they people think that you gotta have the elite quarterback or whatever, I think uh, I think that in my previous podcast about quarterbacks being overrated, you know, it shows to me that you don't, you know, maybe the seventh or eighth best quarterback is good enough, and for the Super Bowl reaching it as far as rushing the football and having running backs and the importance of having a certain running back who can rush the football. It's maybe not the most important thing like it used to be thought of rushing the football. It's, it's maybe it's not the most important thing, but it, I don't it's also not unimportant and it has to be somewhere in the middle. Once you look at who has made the Super Bowl and the players that got them there. And I think there are certain things that we are overlooking with regards to these players who consistently uh, seem to be getting their teams to the Super Bowl or at least going to the Super Bowl. Uh, and it's funny to me that we don't talk about these names, at least in some respects, of the fact that they consistently go to the Super Bowl, um, but also just talking about how important rushing was for each of these teams. So first of all, I think that just the baseline is that running backs are underrated because they're so lowly rated. They can't possibly, in my mind, be as useless and uh, fungible as the way that people talk about them, even though Super Bowl teams, what we're seeing instead is that they're, in, I don't think it's necessarily fungibility so much as we are seeing the committee approach take over two, three, four running backs sharing that position, take your hot hand in the playoffs, play the best matchup against the team in the playoffs. And those players do have, I think, certain skill sets that set them apart, but more, even if it's minor, I don't have a very high bar to reach, I think, to say that running backs are underrated. So let's talk about it. I've been focusing on the previous decade for the most part with regards to uh, my writing and the, the, the last, just because it's a nice little package. We're in 2020, so we have a nice little 2010s there to talk about. And in the last decade, obviously, 20 teams made the Super Bowl. Um, among those 20 teams, looking at Football Outsiders DVOA, so their rushing efficiency, the worst rushing efficiency of any team to make the Super Bowl in the last 10 years was the 2015 Denver Broncos. They were ranked 20th in rushing DVOA that season, um, and they featured 
Ronnie Hillman and C.J. Anderson, who Rams fans, of course, will know from the Super Bowl three years later. So that was the worst efficiency of any team in the last 10 years to to make the Super Bowl. 20th. Not bottom, not even bottom third out of 20 sample teams. And, you know, everyone always, uh, you know, you would focus on the fact that, well, you know, so, uh, you know, good teams can run the football. But, you know, that's not the narrative that I think I've been sold. The narrative I've been sold is rushing doesn't really matter that much and that you've got to be able to pass the football first and foremost and that these teams must be top five across the board in passing. And we know that's not the case when I talked about it with the quarterbacks last time. We know that Jimmy Garoppolo is not a top five quarterback. We know that Jared Goff, you know, is not a top five quarterback and he made the Super Bowl in 2018. And, you know, whether he was a, a top five quarterback that season is, I guess, somewhat debatable, but I don't think that he necessarily was. Uh, but still, like I said, I think you got to be somewhere in that pretty good above average range as a quarterback. Uh, but the Rams were first in rushing DVOA and of course Todd Gurley was one of the stars of that season and the Rams made the Super Bowl and when they didn't win the Super Bowl and when they struggled offensively um, in the playoffs obviously Todd Gurley wasn't his usual self they brought in CJ Anderson and CJ Anderson was pretty productive uh, for a game or two but you know what would have happened if perhaps they had had a healthy Todd Gurley for those playoffs or uh, an Ezekiel Elliott or Nick Chubb, someone like that. What would have diff- would there have been any changes in the way that um, the LA Rams were able to uh, come out of that Super Bowl or those playoffs? Would they have had a very different outcome? But to get there, to be the number one offense first in rushing DVOA, 2017, um, the Eagles won. They were 15th in DVOA. Patriots were fourth. 2016, Patriots won. They were 15th. Falcons were sixth. You know, a lot of people focusing on Matt Ryan, the MVP in 2016. They were sixth in rushing DVOA. They had Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. And Tevin Coleman last year, repeat, Super Bowl appearer. Okay. How many guys have repeated in the Super Bowl in the last 10 years? Well, Tevin Coleman went in 2016 and 2019. C.J. Anderson went in 2015 and 2018. James White went in 2018 and 2017 and 2016, obviously playing with the Patriots. Sony Michelle, uh, that was his first year, 2018. But Larry Garrett Blunt, 2014 and 2016 with the Patriots, but then also 2017 with the Eagles. Okay. Um, so Marshawn Lynch, 2013 and 2014 with the Seahawks. It's very interesting, you know, to see uh, just in these last few years. But I think is it because that they're adding so many running backs? Is it, uh, you know, is that what it is? Is is that there's so many names in there, or how is it that Legarrette Blunt goes to two different to two different Super Bowls three years apart with two different teams? C.J. Anderson then goes two different teams, two different Super Bowls, three years apart. And then Tevin Goldman goes two different teams, two different Super Bowls, three years apart. Based on this logic, you would assume that Deion Lewis and the Giants are going to go to the Super Bowl this year because Deion Lewis is the only running back from the 2017 Super Bowl to still be in the NFL, still be with the team, and not to be with the team that he was with three years ago, which is he was on the Patriots in 2017, and now he's on the Giants. So we'll see if Deion Lewis, and Deion Lewis, by the way, went to the Super Bowl with the Patriots in 2016, and then 
2017. So he has also been to multiple Super Bowls. And we don't even talk about it. I mean, I'm not saying like we don't even talk about it. That's just the interesting thing to me because if any other position goes to multiple Super Bowls, wouldn't you at least talk about it? Wouldn't you at least say like, oh man, anytime a quarterback goes to multiple Super Bowls, it's all we talk about for the rest of their lives. Forever. Is anyone ever going to talk about C.J. Anderson going to two Super Bowls? Is anyone... How often do people talk about LeGarrette Blunt winning three Super Bowls and with two different teams? Interestingly enough, you know, LeGarrette Blunt, for all of his faults, you know, he was a one-dimensional running back. Uh, this is also one of the more uh, successful postseason packs uh, maybe ever in both 2015 uh, and a year earlier, 2014, and the seasons were uh, 2013 and 2014 seasons, but the playoffs, he rushed for uh, four touchdowns and 166 yards as the Patriots blew out the Colts. And then a year later, he rushed for 148 yards and three touchdowns as the Patriots beat the Colts. So in back-to-back playoffs against the same team, LeGarrette Blunt rushed for seven touchdowns and over three hundred yards against the Colts I mean obviously Bill Belichick was happy with what he was getting right there with LeGarrette Blunt and this is a guy that did go to three Super Bowls in four years and why do you know if Eli Manning wins two Super Bowls we excuse somehow people excuse all of Eli Manning's shitty games that he had for so many regular seasons couldn't do anything in his career outside of those two uh, playoff trips in 2007 and 2011 and we're like is he a hall of famer Eli Manning is he a hall of famer because he won two Super Bowls with a full team you know and and in those two years oddly enough they just got on these weird postseason runs created you know went up against the Patriots both times came up with ridiculous plays and late in the game to win both times and and you know we got to give some credit there to the defenses of the New York Giants, right? But all those things where you could say, if you're a quarterback, I get to excuse everything you did in the regular season and say, if you won two Super Bowls or if you went to a couple Super Bowls, you won. I can at least say, like, are you a Hall of Famer? I can now forget everything and say the rings are what matters. And yet, LeGarrette Blunt, and look, I'm not saying I know, I like, I'm not saying that LeGarrette Blunt is a Hall of Famer because he's definitely not. But also, neither is Eli Manning. And, you know, there's no talk at all just about the fact that, you know, why don't we elevate other positions or why don't we elevate running backs with multiple years of success? Then LeBlanc Blunt can win three Super Bowl championships. He did have 2,000-yard seasons in his career. He, had, he led the NFL in rushing touchdowns in 2016 when he scored 18 rushing touchdowns that year. Um you know, he really uh, cut down on his fumbling issue uh, very well over the last rest of his seat, uh, career. And that's another reason, you know, he only had one fumble in 140 postseason carries, winning three Super Bowl championships, rushing for, you know, 600 yards and 11 touchdowns in 11 postseason games. He was very good in the playoffs. And, 
he won three Super Bowls with two different teams. Why can't we at least talk about LeGarrette Blunt as a guy when we're talking about like, oh, well, does the do these teams have great running backs? You know, I would say that LeGarrette Blunt is a great postseason running back. So did I do I think LeGarrette Blunt helped his team win the Super Bowl? Yes, I think LeGarrette Blunt helped his teams win the Super Bowl in those years. So how many really good Super Bowl play, or how many good players are in these? You know, people can look at last year at 49ers and say, like, yeah, they don't have any, you know, stars. Well, like Tevin Coleman, you know, he's not a star. And I agree with that. But maybe Raheem Mostert, maybe, maybe Mostert's a really good player. He hasn't played enough for us to say he hasn't, but every time he's played, you know, he's averaged over five, six yards per carry. So I don't know if he's a good, good or bad running back. How do I know Damien Williams isn't a really great running back? He hasn't really had an opportunity. LaShawn McCoy was there uh, with Kansas City. Uh, you know, Sonny Michelle was a good rookie running back a couple years ago when they won the Super Bowl. Todd Gurley was there, helped them reach the Super Bowl. Um, you know, going back uh, five years, you've got the Carolina Panthers going 15-1. and one. Jonathan Stewart, Mike Tolbert was an all-pro fullback. Cam Newton, obviously, it was a rushing team on offense more so than in a passing team, clearly. 2015, those Broncos, they won it. They couldn't pass the ball for shit. They had the worst quarterbacks and the worst passing in the NFL by some measures. 2014, you had LeGarrette Blunt versus Marshawn Lynch. 2013, you had Marshawn Lynch versus Noshawn Moreno, who was a 1,000-yard rusher for Denver that season. 2012, you had Ray Rice, who was one of the best running backs in the NFL at the time. Uh, and that season versus Frank Gore, one of the best running backs at the time, really. I mean, at that 2012 season, you know, he's very much at the height of what he could do, and clearly he's uh, still playing. 2011, Ahmad Bradshaw, you know, this is not – uh, and that was like kind of when you had the first real tandems coming in when uh, the Giants won with Amrod Bradshaw and Brandon Jacobs as a tandem versus Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, Danny Woodhead, and sort of the New England tandems that they had started to get going at that time. Um, and I'm not saying that there aren't seasons that like are, are where you're like, okay, well, that wasn't, they didn't have a good running back. 2010, Green Bay Packers. They go in and they win the Super Bowl on those playoffs with James Starks as their starting running back, and he hadn't played hardly at all in his career and his life in the NFL, and he helps them win the Super Bowl that year. And, you know, he doesn't have this fantastic career. He's just like a whatever guy, sort of like how Joe Flacco is kind of just a whatever guy. Nick Foles is kind of just a whatever guy. Like, what's the difference between James Starks and Nick Foles? This is all narrative. It's all that that is. You 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 heard something you know something someone says something to you and that's then it sticks so it's like nick Foles, you know made 88 million dollars on a single contract after you know really just winning that super bowl for just talking about the jacksonville jaguars obviously he's not going to get all 88 million dollars but nick Foles will make over 100 million dollars in his nfl career and a lot of it predicated on the back of this short playoff run that he had to win a Super Bowl with the Eagles in 2017. James Starks, basically the same thing. A backup, doesn't do anything that season, has to come in at the end, does come in at the end, plays well, helps Green Bay win the Super Bowl. But nobody cares about James Starks, and nobody would ever say, like, you know, oh, you know, he was good that time, and that's why it helped them win the Super Bowl. Why not? Why can't a running back help a team win a Super Bowl? Uh these are all I feel like a lot of these names could be, you know, propped up in the same way of a narrative that says, like, this guy is like this quarterback, you know. Uh, 
So all told, pretty solid. Just in the terms of like in the 2010s, so I said I was looking at that decade. These are the leading rushers of the 2010s, okay? Number one, LaShawn McCoy. He had the most rushing yards in the 2010s. He won a Super Bowl in his twilight. Nobody knows, like, nobody would say, like, LaShawn McCoy. He's, like, not one of the first 10 or 15 or even 20 names, maybe, you mentioned on the Kansas City Chiefs last year because he didn't contribute as much. But imagine if we were saying right now after the Super Bowl, LaShawn McCoy, you finally won a Super Bowl. You've been a great player. You're a potential Hall of Famer, and you finally won a Super Bowl. We didn't do that for LaShawn McCoy. We did do it for Peyton Manning in 2015. One of the worst players at his position in the NFL. He was finished. He was done. Couldn't perform. But in the playoffs, he got in there. He did whatever. They won a Super Bowl. He gets two Super Bowl rings. And we can always say Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning won two Super Bowls. Peyton Manning was a terrible postseason player. Um, did not, you know, he won one Super Bowl. At, in the in, when he was capable of being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, that came against one of the worst quarterbacks, uh, quarterback teams to ever reach the Super Bowl in the uh, century with Rex Grossman, and then 2015 when he was really helped entirely by you know 50 or so other guys on his roster. So how is that different than LaShawn McCoy, who leads the uh, NFL in rushing in the 2010s and then won a Super Bowl in his twilight? It's the same thing to me. How about Frank Gore, number two leading rusher of the 2010s? He went to one Super Bowl and he lost it. That was in 2012. You know, he had a very solid, long career. What's the difference really between Frank Gore and Matt Ryan? You know, solid players. Sometimes they were great. Went to a Super Bowl, didn't get there. Adrian Peterson, number three leading rusher of the 2010s. Never went to the Super Bowl. Philip Rivers. Number four, Marshawn Lynch. Won a Super Bowl and went to another Super Bowl. I mean, you could just compare him to the guy right next to him in Russell Wilson. Number five, Matt Forte. He's a steady guy. Never like had a lot of postseason success. Didn't play on great teams. Maybe he's like Matthew Stafford. DeMarco Murray, number six leading rusher. You know, this guy's had some good seasons, had some bad seasons, made some money, jumped around a little bit. What's the difference between, say, DeMarco Murray and Ryan Tannehill? Mark Ingram, the number seven rushing player of the 2010s, a very dependable player, a guy who's who's consistently on competitive teams, getting to the postseason, hasn't reached the Super Bowl yet. Maybe he's like Dak Prescott. Chris Johnson, number eight leading rusher. You know, uh, this is a player who is excited, was exciting at times, kind of whatever. He's good. There's some hype. There's not hype. What's the difference between Chris Johnson and, like, say, Jimmy Garoppolo? And LeGarrett Blunt, number nine leading rusher of the 2010s, two Super Bowl wins, three appearances, uh, excuse me, three Super Bowl wins. Um, so even better. But uh, maybe this is a guy like Ben Roethlisberger. He, I mean, I don't know. All these things just could be said. And the reason that we don't, that why the reason why I say things like that these guys are running underrated, and I think people go like, you're just wrong and you're stupid and you're dumb, which is fine. Um, it's because nobody else is saying it and dissenting opinions aren't as popular and they don't get shared as much unless they're like, oh, this is a hot take, blah, blah, blah. This is not a hot take to me. This is simply looking at these players and going like, yeah, we could have just talked about them differently. If this was a different decade, we would have talked about them differently. But also we know that these guys are getting phased out. They're getting less carries a lot of the players who are talented playing running back in high school and college they're moving to other positions 
We see this all the time. We're seeing this more and more now. Top-ranked running backs in the country who would have always, previous to 2010 and 2020, would have never moved off the position if they could stay there because they could look at it and go like, this is great. I'll go to Alabama or Auburn or, you know, whatever. Uh, USC, I'll go there. I'll compete for a Heisman. I'll be a top 10 pick. I'll be a star there. I'll sign a contract long term. Nobody is being, I, I, anybody who's being advised, who's like a great prospect, who's being advised like that should be your path. I just think they're being advised poorly. How can you want to play a position where that's not the case? You you can go to a school, get buried on the depth chart, or maybe you perform well and they, they give you 300 or carries per season and you know are happy to use up all whatever you've got in college. And then you go to the NFL and you're a fourth-round pick, even though you rushed for 2,000 yards in your junior season and you ran a you know, four or five at the – you know, it's not that great, but – it's like these little things that add up to, and then you get to the NFL and you know, you're hurting your second year and people, their fans, they don't want you anymore. And they, they want a younger guy who's cheaper and you reach, you know, your or maybe you've made two pro bowls and you're going into your fourth year and you realize you've only made $2 million while the uh, left guard has made $20 million. And you're thinking to yourself, what in the hell? Because the left guard's not the guy whose giant face is on the front of the stadium. The left guard's not the guy who they talked about on Monday Night Football for 40 minutes. The left guard's not the guy who has who's trending on Twitter. I am. I am. You know, I'm, I, you know, and not me, Kenneth Arthur, because I'm never going to trend. But, you know, I would say I am. Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, I am. I'm that guy. They're not that guy. Why are they? Why am I not getting paid? So, you know, I just read about, you know, on The Athletic, these guys who are very, the most athletic freaks in college football. And the, the number one guy, Michigan, used to play running back. Now he plays defensive end. Could be a great defensive end. It could be a great pass rush. Could be a great linebacker. This is the future of the running back position, I think. Adrian Peterson the running back, I think you'd have to be crazy to idolize Adrian Peterson in 2020 as a guy who you're like, I want that. I think that could be my career. How could you think that could be your career when we've we know that Adrian Peterson and Marshawn Lynch might be the the last ones, and that was 13 drafts ago, or you know, so I think Adrian Peterson today switches to linebacker. And so you're going to see the teams will be going to like, yeah, more and more committees and, and maybe less and less talent there because the position itself, the players there have been underrated, you know, the, and again, like we're talking about uh, just quickly, we were talking about total rushing DVOA, total rushing uh, prowess. These are also some individual players, the leading uh, players in D-Y-A-R and D-V-O-A over at Football Outsiders. Defense-adjusted yards above replacement. Defense-adjusted value over average. This is Football Outsiders efficiency marks. Uh, so it's just a little bit more advanced than things like rushing yards or yards per carry. And just to be, you know, just to look at it, 2019 featured, I mean, almost every Super Bowl 
of late has featured uh, a top five running back in some respect. Raheem Mostert was first in DVOA last season. Obviously, he made the Super Bowl with the 49ers. On the other side, the Chiefs didn't have a guy in the top 25. Okay. 2018, Todd Gurley was first in both yards above replacement and value over average. So he was first the number one running back in the NFL. Obviously, the Rams lost, but he wasn't his usual self. Sony Michelle, they didn't have a guy in the top 20. They did the Patriots. Uh, 2017, the Eagles won. They didn't have a guy in the top 35. LeGarrette Blount was their leading uh, rusher there. But on the other side, the Patriots had Deion Lewis, who was actually first in yards above average and second in value over average. 2016, uh, both teams were right in the middle. Freeman, uh, Devonta Freeman, 14th in DVOA. Blunt, 18th in DVOA. 2015, no star running back. C.J. Anderson um, and Jonathan Stewart, though, you know, uh, as I said, the, the Carolina rushing was more of a full-on attack between three or four players. 2014, Marshawn Lynch, second in yards above average, first in DVOA. 2013, Marshawn Lynch, again, fifth in yards above average. Um, and no, Sean Moreno was sixth in yards above average. And 2012, Frank Gore was fourth in DYAR and DVOA, while Ray Rice was seventh in both categories. So while we don't talk about it, Again, we just don't talk about it. We say that's doesn't that's not for me. I don't get a I don't have to listen to you. You have a different opinion than me. Um running backs, uh the last eight Super Bowls, six of the last eight Super Bowls has featured a player in the top five in defensive adjusted yards above average for running backs. I think it's pretty and it's at least something, right? Is that not at least something to say that this is not the least valuable position in the NFL? And that's all I need, I think, to say that running backs are underrated. I'll leave the rest up to you and whatever you see as being, you know, fit there. Uh, but hopefully you at least think about the running back position a little differently next time uh, it's brought up. That's it for Pod TST. I have nothing to announce at all.